The information provided is for educational purposes and is not intended to diagnose or treat any conditions. The lifestyle interventions discussed should not be used as a substitute for conventional medical therapy. Imagine if medicine actually looked at you as a whole, opposed to looking at you as a bunch of separate systems. Dive into Integrative Wellness Radio with Dr. Nick and Dr. Nicole to learn more about the top trends in integrative medicine, to learn about what the limitations are with testing and what you can do to start your health journey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Integrative Wellness Radio. I am here with Zach and Nick. Oh, gosh. People can't see you. Well, <laughs> well, if they're on YouTube, they can see me. <laughs> oh, well, welcome back, everyone. So today, um, I felt compelled to talk a little bit about a therapy that a lot of people ask me about, uh, in addition to there are many people that have had adverse reactions with, and this therapy... With you being one. <laughs> with me being one of the people that had an adverse reaction. Uh, so this therapy is called chelation, and uh, some of you listening are, have probably heard of it or maybe are exploring the idea of doing chelation or have already been there, done that. And uh, I feel that it's important to bring information to the table about chelation because, you know, some people have a, an okay response with it, but for the most part, um, most people that have done it have had some level of adverse reactions from doing chelation. So just to establish what chelation is, chelation is a type of heavy metal detoxification. And often enough when someone is getting diagnosed with heavy metal toxicity, that could be from doing a hair sample, that could be due from uh, from doing blood work, it also can be done uh, or tested through something called a urinary challenge. If we do find that there is heavy metal toxicity, there are certain physicians that will recommend doing chelation. You forgot to say about the LIGO scan. Well, I'll talk about that later. Okay. <laughs> so the chelation, uh, the idea <clears throat> of it is to use either IV-based chelation, like intravenous, or using oral chelation. Um, through agents like uh, DMPS or DMSA or something else called EDTA. And what these agents do is they bind to the heavy metals and they will push them out via the kidneys, which would be through the urine. So that sounds all fine and well, but unfortunately, um, pushing heavy metals at a rapid rate through the kidneys can definitely create some issues. They're delicate creatures. Uh, yes. Your kidneys are probably one of the more delicate organs of the body, even though they pretty much say you only need one kidney and, you know, the kidneys are not even that significant. Uh, trust me, that is not necessarily good information because the kidneys play a vital vital role in your overall well-being. Your kidneys' job are technically to filter your blood. Your kidneys also regulate your blood pressure. They also regulate your electrolytes. So your kidneys play many, many roles in your body and your body functioning optimally, essentially. So with that being said, my personal story about chelation is uh, very early on when I got into the world of functional integrative medicine, one of the very first tests that I did on myself was... We pretty much try everything on ourselves first. 
Yeah, so <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, so she almost killed herself this way. <laughs> and then later she almost killed me. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's another story. That'll be a different story. So, yes. So okay. in the beginning of practicing, uh, one of the first tests that I did was a heavy metal test. And it revealed that I had pretty significant mercury toxicity. And with my mercury toxicity, uh, I've actually never had a silver filling in my in my teeth, which is one of the ways someone can be exposed to mercury. But secondary to that, uh, the other way that you can be exposed to mercury or the most common is fish consumption. So I was a pescatarian for about 10 years, meaning I only ate fish. And that was one of the primary exposures for me to acquire all this mercury. And it wasn't the good quality fish. Yeah. So at the time, I did not know the difference between wild and farmed. I did not know that canned tuna fish was not a great option. <laughs> I also didn't know that not all sushi was created equal. Especially the ones <laughs> that come around on a train. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those places that are the, uh, the sushi, it's either like it's coming through or on the tables on a train or a boat. Not necessarily the best quality. But uh, unfortunately, I learned my lesson the hard way because I ended up acquiring mercury toxicity in addition to uh, many parasite issues. That's kind of a, its own topic in itself. But one side note that I will say about mercury as well, which is something that Dr. Nick and I just learned you know, not too long ago, uh, was actually mercury, a lot of it has been passed down generation to generation, meaning that your exposure could have came from mom and grandma and many lineages before that. But the reason I say this is because back in the day, in the early 1900s, uh, most men and women wore hats, uh, top hats being one of the primaries. And what they've actually done uh, in the past with those hats is they actually dipped them in mercury because mercury acted as a preservative to the hat, but it also um, allowed it to be almost like weatherproof to some capacity. So what they found is that in the summer months when uh, people were wearing these hats and it was obviously very hot out, that the mercury would turn into liquid and it would actually drip down the faces of people Crazy. and it would absorb into the skin, the scalp, and even into the eyes. And this is actually where the term Mad Hatter came from. So mercury is not necessarily something that you only get exposed to from fish consumption as well as having silver in your, in your teeth. It could easily be something that was passed down from mom. So it's not a matter of uh, just ruling out that mercury is not playing a role in your system because you've never eaten fish or you've never had a silver filling uh, because there's there's many, many other exposures. Uh, also, uh, light bulbs, um, a lot of fluorescent light bulbs actually give off mercury vapor. So that's another another exposure. But uh, the moral of the story is, is that at the time when I found out I had mercury toxicity, I was actually pretty freaked out. And uh, knowing my personality, I was like... She's a little intense A little intense. I was like, let's get it out as fast as possible uh, with the most aggressive approach. And that led me to chelation. So I well, opted... It wasn't even the most aggressive because you didn't do IV. I did not do IV. Uh, I actually did uh, oral chelation. So I was taking DMSA and uh, DMSA I was taking orally. And what this was doing was starting to mobilize the toxins uh, out of my tissues to excrete them through my kidneys. So step number one um, or side effect number one, I should say, was I started to have massive, massive, massive brain fog and memory loss. And, you know, when you... When you learn about detox in school, but you also learn about it um, from 
your mentors or, you know, other people, it's kind of assumed that you're going to feel like crap when you're, when you're detoxing, especially if you're trying to detox from something like mercury. So you almost just normalize the fact that you feel so terrible going through the process. Well, everybody says, you know, you're in a hurt. Exactly. So we're going to talk more about that because that's a really, really important thing to, it is not normal. Um, and at the time I just didn't know what I know now. So uh, I started to have this massive brain fog. It was so bad to the point that I remember walking into a room and being like, I don't even remember why I walked into this room. It was actually pretty scary. But I was like, oh, well, I'm detoxing. So clearly what I'm doing is working. So I just power through. And then the the next, this was only within literally, I think, like three to four days. Um, by the third, fourth day, I started to have pretty extreme kidney pain to the point that I was almost like, I, I need to go to the hospital because I'm in so much pain. So I ended up uh, stopping the chelation altogether. And I felt very frustrated because I was like, well, I really want to get this out of my system. And clearly my body is not doing well with chelation. So pretty much fast forward, you know, years later is I struggled with really trying to stabilize my, my mercury levels. And I struggled with trying to understand like why, why can't I get this stuff out of my body? And it really comes to, you know, the, the foundation of our practice now. And the foundation of our practice is that everything is integrated. There are many, many systems that contribute to detoxification of heavy metals and detoxification in general. And you cannot focus on one avenue of detoxification. You can't just, just try to push everything through the kidneys. You can, but you're just going to get limited results. Well, you're going to get sick. And you're going to do some fun. damage yeah. and you're going to be in a constant Herx reaction, which is pretty much means you're having negative detox symptoms. So it's, it's considering all detox pathways is what it comes down to and making sure that every single avenue is being supported or at least the most important for your body. So Nick, I know that you have somewhat of a Similar story um, when you were when you said I almost killed you. Um, it wasn't necessarily heavy metal related, but it was it, still detoxing. It was still detoxing, and for you, your weakest system ended up being your liver. So I'll kind of let you talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, it just goes back to just really understanding that you don't use a protocol because that's just. Protocols don't work. Uh, protocols are thinking that every single person's the same, yeah. and not every single person's the same. You know, for for you when you look at it, like you should say like a cookie cutter protocol. A cookie cutter, yeah. Protocol. Oh, here's yeah. the protocol for mercury. Here's the protocol for parasites. Here's yeah. the protocol for SIBO. It's it's just not the way that it works. No, it's just way too simplified. Mm -hmm. um, but when like looking at that, it's like your your liver is really strong. My liver wasn't. So it's like and let me give an example on that, too, because I think this is really helpful for people. So like as an example for myself, if I was to drink like five cups of coffee, doesn't even phase me. Like I barely get a little buzz. Nick, on the other hand, maybe not now, but <laughs> Nick, on the other hand, has like a cup of coffee. He's wired all day. Same thing as like somebody, you know, you have a, a well, glass like, of wine. Like alcohol. Like I can't like. Yeah. I'm lightweight. Yeah, you have like a one drink and you're super buzzed. Woo! And then, you know, for me. Any college friends like thinking like, well, that makes sense now. <laughs> <laughs> for me, you know, alcohol doesn't really phase me. Not that I drink a lot, but it's just like I can have two glasses of wine and feel pretty normal. So 
that has to do with the genetics of our bodies. And mm -hmm. my liver, I'm classified as what you call an over-metabolizer. So pretty much caffeine comes into my liver, my liver chops it up and spits it out. So that's why I don't get a lot of circulation into my blood. And for you, you're an under-metabolizer. So you get you know, something into that processes through the liver and it break, doesn't really break it down very well. So a lot of that circulates into your blood and you get a more extreme effect. Yep. So. And when detoxing, I just have to, like understanding that, I have to overly support where it's like, you know, you'd be fine not doing tons of other services, but, you know, to, to really help my systems out, I'm having to do like these detox foot baths or detox hand baths and infrared mm -hmm. saunas and dry brushing and rebounding. And mm -hmm. like I'm constantly doing things to support my lymphatic system and support my liver uh, like throughout and like making sure I'm taking extra supplements to support my liver and to help things, taking what we call binders, like mm -hmm. something like Corella or Zeolite or Zeobind. Or You're throwing a lot at people right now. Different clays. So... What but to circle is, back, what happened? You you were trying to work on your <clears throat> gut, and you were working on your gut through all of the this gut protocol, yep. unfortunately, that I created for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, and what the protocol did is— And it, uh, there was no liver support. There was no detox pathway support at no. all. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for listening and allow you to know that we work with clients from all over the world. You can check out more information at integrativewellnessgroup.com to learn a little bit more about how we work with our clients remotely. So I was doing a gut detox and we were really focusing on just like kill, kill, kill. And from that, we weren't really supporting, you know, my liver. We weren't supporting the lymph uh, from that. And at the same time, we had these, um, heard about biofilms. And from that, uh, you could break this biofilm and it pretty much releases other components with it, uh, whether it's bacteria, mold, parasites, whatnot. Um, so really, we just hit my gastrointestinal system hard uh, with a lot of killing um, agents agents, <laughs> and it worked but my body wasn't able to get rid of it so it was just circulating systemically mm -hmm. and the body is intelligent enough to get it out one way or another mm -hmm. uh, so it was coming up and out and it was coming down and out and sometimes <laughs> it was doing both at the same time <laughs> and I had a lot of crap in me because it lasted about 11 hours yeah. And I almost went to the hospital because I was so dehydrated getting everything out. But I think this is an important concept for people. And that's um, a class one Herx reaction. <laughs> but it's also very important for the concept of how we work with, or not we, but how conventional medicine works with Lyme disease. Yeah. So when you're dealing with something like Lyme disease, it's all about killing it. So there's high-dose antibiotics, there's IV antibiotics, or there's herbal protocols. So what's happening is you're going in guns blazing with this killing approach, but you're not actually making sure that the person can eradicate the dead matter. And this is what I see over and over and over again with Lyme patients that have come to me after the fact of working with either other um, medical physicians or even functional medicine physicians is that they went on the killing spree, but they are sicker or have post-Lyme syndrome because they actually haven't been able to eradicate any of the things that they killed out of the body. Right. And, and the same thing can happen with heavy metals. Like if you're just stirring it up, but you're not getting it out, then, you know, you're going to feel like crap as well. Exactly. And so overall, um, I want to kind of just explain 
the the top filters of the body and really, you know, how it all works. Because when it comes to supporting the body to eradicate out heavy metals is you have to consider, first of all, where are the toxins living in this person's body, number one. And number two is what is the their susceptibilities? And their susceptibilities come down to very specific traits or symptoms. So like as an example, if somebody has a really weak liver, then it would be the example that we gave about Dr. Nick is he's someone who is like, overly sensitive to alcohol, overly sensitive to medications, overly sensitive to coffee. Um, as a female, you could have also been the the woman who was on birth control but got pregnant still. Um, or that's actually more if you're the over-metabolizer. So all of these different things dictate like how well or not well your liver works. And also, too, if your liver is really overloaded and, you know, maybe it's just overly congested because of toxicity, that usually results in gut issues like constipation. So really at the end of the day, if your liver is having issues, you might be really sensitive to the alcohol, the coffee, even just an ibuprofen. You might be dealing with pain on your right rib cage area. Um, you also might be having abnormal bowel movements. Maybe you're not going to the bathroom at all. Maybe you're having a lot of um, mucus in your bowel movements, which is usually bile. Those are all signs that that filtration system is not working great. Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to the kidneys, if those aren't working great, you might have abnormal blood pressure. You might have kidney stones. You might have tons of urinary tract infections. Those are all signs that that system is weak. And then lymphatically, um, which personally for both of us ended up being a huge part of the puzzle um, in different ways, but the lymphatic system is so overlooked all the time um, by most different areas of medicine. And one of the biggest signs of your lymphatic system not working well is you don't sweat. You're just like glisten when you work out. <laughs> so, so that's one thing. Um, having a lot of water retention, especially as a female, it doesn't matter if it's around your period or not. Having swelling in your hands and feet. Um, as a female, having fibrocystic breasts or what they call dense breasts. Um, having swollen glands or lymph nodes either in your neck or your groin. Um, and for the men is um, having the skinny arms and legs but what we call the beer belly. Mm -hmm. Those are all signs that you have a compromised or, or lymphatic system. looking kind of like you're a man looking like they're pregnant, where it just yeah. really sticks out up, up high. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, it's like that pregnant belly. We all call it a beer belly. It really has nothing to do with beer at all. No. Well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> well, sometimes, <laughs> yeah. So these are just really interesting things for for the listeners to like keep their eye out for because these are all the avenues of detoxification. And if you're trying to get heavy metals out of your body, you need to make sure that all of those are being supported. And if you have, if you notice, you're like, wow, the lymph, I don't sweat and I have water retention and I have a protruded belly and I have dense breasts, you might be the person that you need to do more therapies for your lymph than you actually do for your kidneys. So it has to be tailored to your body and what the needs of your body are. So And, and getting a little specific on you know, what you're trying to detox as well. You exactly. Know, whether it's a microorganism, whether it's heavy metals, and then looking at heavy metals, talking, going back to mercury, it's like, 
mercury is different than most heavy metals. Most heavy metals are like a, a solid form, mm-hmm. but mercury in the body, the body being pretty warm uh, internal yeah. temperature, mercury is either a gas or a liquid. So it's constantly moving around mm-hmm. and just having that understanding. It's, you know, being patient because it's going to take a little longer to be able to mobilize that and get it all out. A hundred percent. Yeah. And trying to push something like that out of just the kidneys is just, you're really setting yourself up for disaster. Um, You know, for me, when I I did my blood work um, shortly after I was having all of the side effects from chelation and uh, my kidneys were in really bad shape and it took me a while to have them recover. And what was really fascinating to me is when I started to encompass more of an integrative approach for myself and also for my clinical practice, and I realized that my lymphatic system was a huge part of the puzzle, and that was the system that needed the most support, I started to do a lot more therapies, like some of the ones you described earlier. I started to do um, heat uh, in the form of an infrared sauna, and then I also started to do ionized uh, foot baths in conjunction with using certain supplements. And that was a game changer. That was the first time that I actually saw my mercury come down. So when I was super focused on, oh, I did the chelation, if anything, I, I made my situation worse. And then after that, I was really honed in on being like, okay, I'm going to do a liver detox. And I was doing a liver detox, retesting, 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 and my mercury wasn't budging. So once I was able to be like, okay, little bit of liver detox or liver support and a boatload of lymphatic support, I was actually successful with getting rid of it, but I also had zero side effects. I wasn't feeling really, really terrible. I wasn't having kidney pain. I wasn't having the brain fog. It was a very smooth process um, getting something as serious as mercury out of my body. And that's the goal. It's like you shouldn't have to you know, stop your entire life just to get better. Mm-hmm. And if you are somebody who's like really gravitating towards chelation, you know, you need to do your due diligence to get your kidneys checked. And if that's going to be doing some type of ultrasound or imaging on your kidneys, if that's going to be doing some blood work for your kidneys, um, doing a urine analysis, you need to look at that. Because if you already have weak kidneys and you try to go in and do something like chelation, you're going to really mess yourself up pretty good. And, And also, too, is regardless of chelation or not, what I described earlier about the brain fog. What I realized is that all I was doing was using these agents, these chelation agents that were stirring up the heavy metals in my body. So I was pretty much mobilizing them out of the tissue they were living in. And then they were getting into my bloodstream, circulating, screwing with my neurological system. But because the avenues of detox didn't really work, They just went right back into the tissues that they were originally in. So I was going through this horrible Herx reaction with zero progress. So it's definitely was extremely eye-opening to me. And um, I wanted, I feel felt very compelled to do this podcast because I really don't want people to go down that route and do more damage. Because I work with many people that I'm helping to clean up the damage that the chelation did. Um, and then some people that are doing IV chelation, it's a financial and time commitment. And unfortunately, they do it for weeks, months. Long time. And they don't get better. So it's very important. And the nice thing important. is like, people think it has to be like this powerful thing. And mm-hmm. it's like, 
you can get slow and steady. You can get amazing results, yes, and you win the race mm -hmm. um, by doing it slow and steady, and it's a lot cheaper at the same time. Yeah. Well, I think that was probably the most fascinating thing to me was seeing how high my mercury was and thinking, you know, I have to do an aggressive approach to get this out because this is so bad. And when I when I was doing, I remember like doing the infrared saunas, thinking like, you know, is this really gonna do it? And I just couldn't believe that utilizing something that I actually really enjoyed, like an infrared sauna, doing a foot bath and using some binders to support my liver, that did it. It doesn't have to be this really difficult or really aggressive approach um, if you really know what your body actually needs. So I think that's probably the, the most fascinating thing about it. And if you're having a Herx reaction, I don't care what you're doing. If you're doing chelation, if you're doing a Lyme protocol or an herbal protocol or an antibiotic protocol, what that means is you're not doing what's right for your body. Or you're doing it too fast. Like, or you, you just need to work on the detoxification pathways, whether it's liver, kidneys, lymph. Like, yeah. Something's not working as good as it should be, so you're having side effects. And we always say it's not about what you do. It's about how you do it. And it really, really is important for people to understand when it comes to the healing process, it's all about strategy. And you have to have the right strategy in place so that you can be effective with what you're doing. You can also get really great results in a very short amount of time with strategy. You know, a lot of times I would say, I call it the trifecta in our practice, but we utilize a technology called bioresonance. And then we also utilize these detox therapies like really regularly. So through our testing, if somebody is testing positively for say the bioresonance, saunas, foot bath, is we do it in a strategic order. So the bioresonance, that has the ability to actually repair down to the DNA level. So if we're working on, say, somebody's liver or their lymphatic system with the bioresonance to repair that tissue, as you repair that tissue, sometimes you're going to stir up whatever was stressing it in the first place. So I always say, if we're going to stir it up, let's burn it off and then drain it out. So you kind of go do the bioresonance, start repairing that. And if you stir anything up, you use the infrared sauna to burn it off like a fever would. Mm -hmm. And then you use the um, ionized foot baths to act as a drainage mechanism. So it's a really amazing thing when you use these different therapies strategically and you get better results with no side effects in a shorter amount of time. Gotta love compounding. <laughs> So I really hope that this was a value to those of you that are either trying to recover from chelation or are exploring the idea of chelation because it's really just important to make sure that you understand your body, the foundation, what does your body need, um, and also knowing that there's other, other alternatives out there that can be more of a sledi, uh, <laughs> slow and steady <laughs> approach. <laughs> That was a good combination I didn't there. know where you were going there. <laughs> so, um, so for those of you that are interested in learning a little bit more about something like infrared sauna, bioresonance, and some of the amazing technologies that we have at Integrative Wellness Group, definitely check out our website. You can learn a ton there, and you also have the opportunity to set up a strategy call with one of our client services team members to learn a little bit more about how we do our entire onboarding process and, and how you get access to all of this amazing information so you can step into a detoxification process feeling really confident and uh with strategy essentially love it all right guys until next week we'll see you then you
We thank you for being a listener and subscriber to Integrative Wellness Radio. If you're looking to learn more about Integrative Wellness Group, as well as Dr. Nick or Dr. Nicole, you can check out integrativewellnessgroup.com.